Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can follow us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from by simply searching Tip of the Iceberg. The Penguins get back on the winning track on Thursday night with a 4-1 to victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. And a lot of people are going to say, yeah, well, you did beat the worst team in the National Hockey League. But I don't think you should really... Hold it against the Penguins, who came up on their schedule. That's one of the few things they really cannot control in this game is who's up next on the schedule. And this might have been perfect timing for the Penguins as they go up against the worst team in the National Hockey League, despite a lot of us, me included, looking at this and saying, this could still be a trap game for the Penguins. They've historically not performed well in Chicago. The Blackhawks have beaten the Penguins the last two times, including the opener of this season and a very pivotal game last season. So... It was not all sunshine and rainbows going into the game. Obviously, there was a lot of discourse surrounding the team going into it. They hit a new low on Wednesday night with their 5-2 loss to the Florida Panthers. They were falling, falling, falling out of the playoff race. And then, of course, the news about Jake Gensel. He left the game on Wednesday night, and we get the news that he's out up to four weeks, placed on long-term injured reserve. So he is not eligible to return for the Penguins until March 10th two days after the NHL's trade deadline. He can still be traded while on LTIR, just can't come back to action until March 10th. So obviously that's going to be something we have to continue to look at. But the question going into last night's game was, how were the Penguins going to react? Not just to the Jake Gensel injury with the lineup being shaken up around a little bit, but just react in general to losing three straight games, to being at a low point in the season, to really not looking like they belonged on the ice with the Florida Panthers on Wednesday. The answer to that was they reacted by doing something they've done a lot this season. They looked to their captain, Sidney Crosby, and Sidney Crosby had an all-time performance, one of his best performances of the season, and he put the team on his back and, and put them over the top in this one against the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's look at the goal recap, and when I say Sidney Crosby was on it from the beginning, he was on it from the beginning. 15 seconds into the game, to be exact. He scores his 29th goal of the season. Assist go to Marcus Pedersen and Ricard Raquel, who was reunited with Crosby on that top line, taking Jake Gensel's spot. Crosby's goal in the opening minute makes him the NHL leader in goals within the first 30 seconds of a game. It's his ninth of his career. He becomes the sole possession leader of that statistic. Not only that, but it is a 5-on-5 goal, which makes him 
the leader in, the, excuse me, the leader for the Penguins when it comes to even strength goals, passing Le Magnifique, Mario Lemieux. So he's in sole possession of that. A little bit of history for Sidney Crosby early on in this game. How would they react to actually being in front for once? Because they've been playing from behind. It seems like for a lot of the last couple of weeks, they get out in front early. Would they be able to build on it? And the answer to that was yes. Drew O'Connor comes into the zone. He looks to make a pass to Riley Smith. It's a little bit off the mark, but a lucky bounce off of a Chicago Blackhawks forward that was coming back into the play. Goes right to Riley Smith. He takes the backhand shot and roofs it past Elvis Soderblom. Tenth goal of the season for Riley Smith. Second in four games, it looks like. He might be getting a scoring touchback, which would be just in time for the Penguins, who are going to need a lot of players to step up in the absence of Jake Gensel. Like I said, Riley Smith's tenth goal, Drew O'Connor's eleventh assist, and the Penguins take a two-to-nothing lead into the second period of play. They continue to carry play a little bit more in the second period. Sidney Crosby gets an insane opportunity where he almost scores one of the biggest highlight reel goals of the season in the entire National Hockey League. Goes from forehand to backhand, cuts across around a defender, and shoots it backhand really hard, square off the post. And you thought, okay, Crosby is at a different level tonight. He is just unstoppable tonight. Nobody on the Blackhawks is going to be able to slow him down. But what happens in an instance where you almost score, where you get so close to extending that lead to 3 to nothing, it shifts the momentum a little bit. The Blackhawks start to push back, as you would expect every NHL team to do. But the Penguins start to get a little bit sloppy in their own zone. A turnover leads to a Philip Kurashev goal. His ninth of the season, Connor Bedard took advantage of it. Coming back into the zone, getting his 19th assist of the season with a beautiful cross-ice pass. Nick Foligno picks up the secondary assist, and the lead is cut to one. Chicago Blackhawks carried the pace of play through the remainder of the second period after that. And even Colby Armstrong on the broadcast said, it looks like the Penguins are starting to tighten up a little bit. And that is not the best way to hold a lead. That is not the best way to try to extend a lead in the third period. And we saw that a little bit early on. The Blackhawks continued to carry play a little bit, but the Penguins eventually did start to push back and push back in a way that, of course, Leads with the entire storyline of the game. Sidney Crosby on a beautiful feed from Ricard Raquel scores his 30th goal of the season. Makes the Penguins a two-goal lead once again. Raquel, like I said, picks up the assist. Marcus Pedersen picks up the secondary assist, his 19th of the season. He is well on his way to a career high in points is Marcus Pedersen. And the Penguins go up 3-1. to one. There wasn't much pushback following that. Brian Rust ends up scoring a shorthanded empty net goal, 200 feet shooting the puck from behind his own net. That's his 15th goal of the season, unassisted, and the Penguins put away the Blackhawks by a final score of 4-1 to one at triple zeros. Like I said, you cannot begrudge the Penguins for who they played. A lot of people are going to say, yeah, well, it's not that impressive because you beat the worst team in the league. My co-host Nick Horwat said they're not only the worst team in the league statistically wise, but they're 10 standings points back from the 31st team in the National Hockey League. So this Blackhawks team isn't good. We understand that, but they could only play who's up next on the schedule. It's a nice victory to put in their cap, to move on from, to get the two points and to keep it stepping because the Penguins at the end of the day, they just need to collect the two points that are up next on their schedule. They were able to do that 
No matter who was across the rink, they needed to win the game. They just got a fortunate bounce when it comes to the schedule makers in their favor exactly when they needed to play a team that isn't necessarily the most talented, the most skilled, and the hardest to play against. So Chicago, they're trying to figure it out. The Penguins able to take advantage of that on Thursday night. Now they have a little bit of a break before Celebrate 68, but we'll get to that. Three stars of the game in this one. Third star, you might not think of it as much, but I would give it to Alex Nedeljkovic. I mean, Got off a personal three-game losing streak. I hadn't known that he hadn't won in over a calendar month. His last victory coming in January against the Philadelphia Flyers. But he makes 28 saves on 29 shots, including a few pretty big-time saves to keep the Blackhawks trailing in this one and keep the lead at two at certain points. So a good game for Alex Nedeljkovic to get back on the winning track for him. I'm sure it feels good to get that W and especially at a time when the Penguins desperately needed it. Ricard Raquel gets the second star of the game in this one, elevated to the top line. He has certainly not had the season that anybody had expected, including himself. He said on Wednesday night that, listen, when it comes to the power play, when it comes to everything, we'll figure it out. I said, I don't know if I believe you, especially with the power play, but he goes out there and figures it out with two assists against the Chicago Blackhawks being reunited with Crosby. He looked pretty good in this game. It's his sixth multi-point game of the season. He's going to need to step up big time, especially if he's going to be in that role where Jake Gensel has just vacated it due to his upper body injury. First star of the game, and it could go no other way. Going to give it to Sidney Crosby as long as he is there and there's gas in his tank. The Penguins are never going to be 100% completely out of it. He is going to will this team as far as they humanly can go. And right now, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he's able to do because... Like I said, he heard everybody eulogizing the Penguins season. He probably is not happy about that. He's probably thinking that, you know, he's been counted out very little by this fan base. Sometimes they say, okay, he's not going to come back. He's not going to win the Cups. He did it in 16 and 17. I don't know what he's going to be able to do. I usually err on the side of if Sidney Crosby is there, all hope is not lost. I think I said that on the episode yesterday. There's a little bit of hope simply because it's Sidney Crosby and he is just willing to do some crazy things to keep his team within you know, reach of a playoff spot. He went out there and he did it on Thursday night. Now again, let's see if he can continue to do it. 31 games remaining and the schedule picks up as far as frequency coming in the next couple of weeks, especially in March. But I'm excited to see what he's able to do and how much he elevates his game going forward, knowing that he doesn't have Jake Gensel on his wing for up to four weeks. That goal, by the way, is 30th of the season, clinched his 12th 30-goal season of his career. He's an absolute monster. He's been a monster all season long, and he had a terrific performance on Thursday night. And I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited to see what he's able to do to try to keep the Penguins into it this year. If they go on a run, it's going to be because of him. I mean, they're going to need people to step up around him, but look at what he did last night. Two goals, could have scored three or four, but he was on his game last night. Let's see if he can continue to do that and continue to carry this team back into relevance because I, you know, we, we talked a lot about it's over. It's time to sell. One win against the Blackhawks isn't going to change a lot of that. It's a nice win. It's good to go away with two points in the standings. It's good to go away with a multi-goal victory, getting it a little bit comfortable at the end of the game with the empty net goal there, but they need to build off of it. That's the most important thing. The one thing they haven't been able to do all season long is really build off of their momentum. They were able to turn the tide, stop the bleeding on Thursday. Can they build it on Sunday and next Tuesday and going forward into the remainder of their schedule? Final thoughts on this one. The second line has caught a lot of heat, especially from us here at Inside the Penguins, but they looked pretty good on Thursday night. Now, again, 
everything with a grain of salt, but you can't take away what you watched on the ice. Malkin looked like he had a little bit of an extra jump to him in that game. Riley Smith, like I said, scored his second goal in four games. Maybe he's starting to get back on track, and they finished the night with 56.5% of the shot attempts and 72.4% of the expected goals. The Penguins are going to need them to continue to do that against tougher competition, but they need them to do that regardless. To see them be able to come out, have a good game, it's nice to see it happen again. Same thing as everything with this team. Can you build off of it? Can you take that momentum that you started on Thursday against Chicago? Can you carry it into Sunday against LA? Can you carry it into March when you're going to play a lot of Metropolitan Division teams that give you an opportunity to have four-point swings on an almost nightly basis? That's going to be the storyline going forward. And the storyline in the immediate future is Celebrate 68. Yarmir Yager, Jersey retirement. The number will be in the rafters by the next time the puck is dropped for a Pittsburgh Penguins game. They return home for that game on Sunday. We talked about it on Tip of the Iceberg yesterday. We'll repost that clip coming up in a couple days. But the matchup with the Los Angeles Kings, it's going to be interesting. They were able to beat the New Jersey Devils on the road 2-1 to on Thursday night. So we'll see what they have for the Penguins on Sunday. A team that has been up and down just as the Penguins have been. But their highs have been a little bit higher. Their lows, I wouldn't say have been lower, but we'll see what happens when they match up on Sunday afternoon. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Penguins back on the win column, ending the three-game losing streak. Certainly some better vibes on Friday as there were on Thursday, but they got to build off of it. They got to continue to maintain, and that's going to be what I continue to preach on this podcast because while I do think the odds are stacked against them, Sidney Crosby shows you on Thursday that you can never completely count them out. I, I still feel like it's a long shot, but you can never completely count Sidney Patrick Crosby out of carrying this team, putting it on his back, and doing some miraculous things down the stretch of the season. If he has gas left in the tank, he's certainly going to use it. He's not going to reserve anything for next year. He's not going to reserve anything for the summer. He's going to put it all out on the line. I'm excited to see what he's able to do with it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Iceberg Recap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Thank you.